Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators am i who i think i am we all believe something about ourselves we all think something about ourselves you think you're a good person you think you're a tough person you think you're a smart person whatever it is you all think something of yourself and you wonder am i really that And this is where people struggle with identity issues. Then it's, or it's, I don't know who I am and and I don't know what I believe about myself. And you begin to question those things. We all have this identity and we need to know what it is. If you don't know who you are or your identity is wrongly based, you've put your identity in the wrong things, you're going to struggle. That's impossible. Let me tell you what I believe. But your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. No, you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people, unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking across at a man who recently was the first hunter ever to kill a spirit animal. That's right, friends. The former Navy SEAL. (laughs) Garrett Unklebach, a man who has weapons you don't even know exist. (laughs) That might be one of my favorites. That's very good. I feel like you're saying that a lot because I just keep getting better. So uh, thank you for that, Garrett. That was was a good one. I feel Uh, like every episode starts with you being positive about something I did, and then we just go downhill from there. So I'm going to go ahead and enjoy this peak. Just go ahead and get this encouragement out of the way so we can get on to the real stuff. (laughs) Getting on to how you really feel. Nick, you're doing great today. Sit down. Okay, (laughs) thanks. Appreciate that. Anyways, uh, today's episode is three questions you should ask yourself. Every person should ask themselves. And uh, before we dive into that, because I'm actually very much looking forward to getting into this, uh, we want to remind you guys, this episode's coming out on Cyber Monday. And if you're a fan of the show and you're listening, which I hope you are, we are actually doing a discount on our all our merch. You'll, if you're watching the video, I'm wearing our hoodies, which our hoodies have actually been selling really fast. Uh, so if you want one... they're dope. They are dope. I wore this in New York City. Uh, it was like 40 degrees, kept me warm, super comfy, looks amazing. Says today matters on the sleeve. Great reminder. Our guy, Council... 
Yeah. Like they know where's his like every day. He literally lives in that thing. I, I don't think I've seen him outside of it in the past week, which, you know, I appreciate that, uh, especially since I'm pretty sure he robbed us. <laughs> <laughs> and then Garrett's got the Today Matters shirt on, which I'm I'm pumped about that one. I do as well underneath my hoodie. The Today Matters shirt is a, is a perspective shirt. So when you look at it, it's actually if you follow me on Instagram, which you should, yeah, um, which you probably do. You know, you may not even known that there was uh, another Instagram account linked to this yeah. podcast. There you, you know. go. But there's me. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to do. Just <laughs> hurry up. I, I'm at the point now where I just I don't even want to respond. I just want you to hurry up and just like okay. Yeah. Anyways, we've been posting about the shirt. It's great. When uh, the point is that today matters is what you say to yourself right because when you see it in the mirror it's correct when you put this shirt on and you look in the mirror like it's actually turned out exactly the way i wanted i wanted it to it's not just like it's not like a funky concept like i put the shirt on because normally any shirt that you have that has text on it when you look in the mirror you don't see what it says right and so the first time you put the shirt on and you look in the mirror and you see that you read text on your shirt it actually does strike you because you've never had that before right you've never looked in the mirror and seen what what is on written on your clothing and so I've actually loved working out in this shirt, putting, yeah, it, putting it on in the morning because I I, I uh, learned from Pastor Keith. You know, he says things to himself in the morning. I don't see the same things that he does, but I get up in the morning and I look at myself and I talk to myself. And putting this shirt on, I'm like, man, I love I I I need to get more before we sell all of them because uh, two is not enough for sure. And the shirt is literally just gone on sale, so it's a 25 percent off sale for the holidays. It ends November 30th. Uh, I can tell you, we're not doing anything clever. Like then we're going to bring it back on. We're just doing it because it's a Black Friday sale, and we know that people are, are out there looking for stuff uh, that are great gifts, whether it's to themselves or another person. So if you're listening to this before November 30th, take advantage. You don't need a discount code or anything. Uh, shout out to one of our guys um, sent me a picture of their fire station where they had Today Matters written on the whiteboard at the fire camp. Oh, nice. I think it was Jackson Curtis sent me that. I need oh, to go that's back awesome. and look at my messages, yeah. but I told him I'd send him a some stickers and a today matter shirt that's so. cool yeah jackson he was at the fire star last year mm-hmm. and he's a uh i think he's an emt he that's is. pretty cool yeah. all right let's get let's get on to the uh the questions gene i thought what better place to start than with a few famous questions what's interesting is when you're looking around on the interwebs for famous Did we tell him what the what the, what yeah. the episode's about today? three questions yeah. every man should ask himself and by the way we're going to get into why we chose these questions but these are not questions that you just ask and go oh check cool this episode was great these are literally questions. We want to give you something that questions would, for life. Yeah. Questions that'll always be something like in any season of life, at any age of life, these are questions that you should revisit almost on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, a regular check in would be worthwhile. But some famous questions first, which interestingly enough, when you look for famous questions, there's not like famous movie questions. Well, we're gonna do that as well, G. Because okay. we all we both have our favorite questions. Oh, you've favorite got questions. oh you're going a different direction. Okay. No, I'm going exactly the direction we talked about beforehand, but I'm glad to see you were paying attention. I thought we were doing movie questions, but that's fine. Go ahead. Now we're going to do that next, but thanks for ruining this for everybody that's listening. And okay, go ahead. I don't know what's got... Anyways, famous questions, uh, hard to find. <laughs> this first one actually is very applicable to you, Garrett, and it's from uh, W.E.B. Dubois. I actually thought that this could have been a quote from you, and it says, how does it feel to be a problem? And uh, that's my question to you right now, because that's what you're doing. Uh, anyways, and then from Peter Thiel, who if you don't know Peter Thiel, he's a legendary investor in yeah, Silicon Valley. His, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? Interesting question when you start looking at it. So these are some famous people questions. What important truth do very few people agree with you on? Yeah. It's an interesting question. That would, I think that that's probably for Peter Thiel. That's like an alignment question. Yeah. That's probably a question he asks 
people that he's looking at investing with and building right. up on because he's really saying, what do you see that other people don't see? Yeah. Yeah. But, but this is the whole point of this, how powerful questions are. And then here's one that we're going to come back to, but uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Life's more, most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? Yeah. And I love that one. Ask not what you can, what your country can do for you, but we, what you can do for your country. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, that's, yeah, JFK. I guess that's, he's telling you to ask a question, but yeah, that's the not, same thing. I mean, okay. Richard Branson, what didn't you get a chance to include on your resume? I think that's a great one because it's like letting you know, hey, what I, do you- I want to share one that um, I got from a well-known hedge fund guy. I won't say his name, but I got the chance to meet and he was kind of like suggesting that I kind of go down the path that he had been on. And that's just not a path that I've ever wanted to walk down. But I, I got to have lunch with him and it was a really great conversation. And he left me with a thought because um, I would like, he was basically, he gave, I was 25 at the time mm-hmm. and he realized I'm not going to come work with him. And he's just, you know, it was, courte- it was just a courtesy to even meet with me, right? Because this guy's way out of my league at this point. But anyways, he said, here's how you should end every conversation with somebody like me. Because mm. like we were coming to the end of the conversation yeah. and I, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't know how to wrap it up. And he's like, here's how you end these conversations. He says, anytime that you're with somebody like me, he said, ask them this question. Is there anything I should ask you that I haven't asked you? Huh. Right. And so you put it back on them. Right. To like, you know, like whether that's in an interview, whether that's, you know, dating somebody, whatever it is, it's like, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't? Yeah. Right. And so it, it really invites them to share on what are the most important things. Yeah, that's a little free bonus for you. So anyways, uh, one last question, G, and uh, it's from somebody that we both love deeply, uh, and also our Lord and Savior, is who do you say I am, which was Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that he made... Probably the most famous question. Indeed. And I'm glad that it made the list of famous questions uh, from multiple Google searches, because it was not. Uh, there are not as many famous questions as you'd think. And we're going to give you some for yourself. But now movie questions, uh, we've got some great ones. We can all think of some great movie questions. People probably think I'm going to do like a, a Matrix movie yeah, that's question, what would which expect. I'm not, I'm, that's not the direction I went. But if I was going to do, <laughs> if I was going to do a Matrix movie question, I would probably go with, um, you think that's air you're breathing now. Right. I love, because I love that scene with Morpheus and Neo in the, in the fight simulator. And I would go with, are you not entertained? Gladiator. Oh, of course. Great question, right? Of and course. Jay-Z even used it in one of his songs, and I'm a huge Jay-Z fan, so, you know, it's like a bonus. But the question that I wanted to jump into, like I loved the first time I saw this movie and this question was answered, is in the 300 when, uh, I, uh, I forget his, his wife's name, but when Leonidas's wife asks him, because, well, he starts with a question and he says, you know, what's a man to do when, or what's a king to do when the laws that he's sworn to uphold are going to destroy him. Leonidas is in this, you know, he's between a rock and a hard place. What am I supposed to do in this situation? And we can find ourselves in this place all the time. He's like, man, I got to do this stuff and I got to do this. And they're competing against each other. What am I supposed to do? And his his question to his wife is, what's a king supposed to do? And his wife says back to him, I don't remember exactly how she says it, but she says, it's not about what a king would do. It's not about what a father or a husband would do, but she says, what would a free man do? Mm. And I remember like the con, like in the movie and in the context of that question, 
that question kind of sets him free. Yeah. It reminds him who he is and what he's supposed to do. And I'm not necessarily saying that's the right question, but what I loved about that scene is that she gets to the core of who he is, mm-hmm. right? Because that was a part of what it meant to be a Spartan. The core identity, it's not our core identity, it's not what I'm talking about, but the core identity of what it meant to be a Spartan was they believed in mastery of body and mind so that they could live a free life. Mm. If I can master my body and master my mind, nobody can master me. Mm. This is the core of Spartan philosophy, which built into Stoicism. Like Stoicism comes after the Spartans and was built on mastery of body and mind. Mm. And they said, if I can master myself, nobody will master me. It's where, because if, if you go back deep in Spartan history, that did happen to them. Spartans were almost wiped out right. from a very like lavish culture and they rapidly changed mm. and wildly changed into what we know the Spartans to be. But anyways, I say that to say, I love that question. What would a free man do? Cause it's a question that really reminds him of who you really are. Like yeah. what is your identity? Our identity is to be free. And so what would a free man do? And when you know who you are, you know what you're supposed to do. And that's why that's probably one of my favorite movie questions. Yeah. And by the way, I looked it up while you were telling the story. Uh, I'm guessing that like trophy wives for uh, Kings had different criteria for their names. Cause their name was Gorgo, which is, you know, ouch, not exactly like, you know, Tiffany or Lindsay or Rand. You know? Yeah. Well, if, if, you know, that sounds like a very Spartan wife name. I don't think they like married women for being beautiful back then. I think they married them like, I've seen her kill lots of yeah, people. Yeah, she put a spear through three dudes, you know, like, <laughs> she's hot. <laughs> so Garrett asked me a similar question, like, yeah, you can share a movie, that line that you love. Uh, and I mine's complete opposite to him. I, I know some of you guys enjoy. <laughs> Don't share like a Monty Python. No, it's not Monty Python. It's, uh, you know what the first question that came to mind was for me, G? What's that? What's your problem, Kazansky? <laughs> of course, the famous line from Top Gun, uh, whenever Iceman is giving Maverick a lot of crap in the uh, in yeah. the, the locker room, and it's simply because I would say that to people sometimes whenever they would just be being difficult with me, and it would break the ice in the situation. Such so, a great lesson in that question. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think the fact that you went to some super deep three hundred, like it really got to the core of him, and I'm like, what's your problem, Kazanski? Like, you know, maybe that's why people like our podcast. We bounce each other out. I don't know, but uh, let's get on to our questions, G. And like we said, these are good for all time. They're good to ask yourself if you do regular check ins, and I really hope you do. I would add these to your list. There's five questions I answer for myself every single day as part of my journaling process because what do questions do, G? They bring focus, right? And we did a whole podcast on on questions, which is worth listening to for sure. Uh, you can find that at theimpossible.life forward slash podcast, uh, and you can search questions. I think I said this once before, before you and I got together, and I had once contemplated doing a podcast, but I didn't want to do a podcast by myself. I hadn't decided that I wanted to do a podcast with somebody else. Was this the one that got removed from the internet because people spontaneously combusted <laughs> from the intensity of you left to your own devices? That's probably true. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I went back in time and just stopped it before it ever happened. Yeah, of course. But I wanted to do a podcast called Better Questions. Right. And that's what I would talk to people, like the guests that I would interview. I was like, let's get to the real question. Right. And the the, con- the premise would be Better Questions. So that's kind of what today's episode is. I feel like there's going to be a spinoff now. And it's going to be you just making people feel really dumb. Like, hey, let's ask a better question. <laughs> like someone tells you the wrong story. Look, I understand your problem. You're asking the wrong question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You know what? Though? It'll be internet fodder. It'll be great. Anyways. Question number one, okay? And this but the, is, the, the point of these qu- three questions is I want I want these questions to help people in the same way, like that scene in yeah. 300 where she, she get, asks him the right question and he's like, now I know what to do. Yeah. And it's not that it like, you would think what you need is the answer, but first, first you have to ask the right question. Mm-hmm. If you've ever worked with a really good coach or like a counselor, uh, therapist, whatever you want to call the person that you, whatever role the person was playing, 
you'll find that people who have exceptional wisdom and that really help a lot are excellent at this, at being able to, to ask the question that really gets to the root of it. I remember whenever I was uh, working with a cognitive behavioral therapist, he was so good at like taking what I told him, diving seven layers deep and like being like, what about this? And it was just like, oh, like I was looking at the balloon and he was bringing me back to the, uh, the rock that the balloon was tied to. And it, you know, for lack of a better analogy, and I, and it is a really powerful skill to be able to ask the right questions. Uh, so, to that note, let's ask some great Ever, questions. You this getting to the right question is kind of like. So I had this um, when I was in SEAL training, or when I was in the when I was in the SEAL teams, we went to this shooting school called Shaw's, uh, where like some of the best. That's where Keanu Reeves went, right? For uh, no, John Wick, he, no? he went to I I for, uh, forget it. I forget the name. It's okay. in California. It's run by a girl. Um, but she's like a super pro marksman. But anyways, um, Shaw's where some of the best marksmen in the world go shoot and practice and train. Cool. And the guy that's training us there, it's like people think that SEALs are the best shooters. We're not. There's people that shoot way better than us because that's what the, they're professional shooters. Mm-hmm. We have to be like semi-pro at 50 things. Right. You know, but you go learn from the people that are the best. And we were doing this drill where you shoot these plates um, you know, there are five, like think like a pie plate. And when you hit them, they, they fall down and they're mm-hmm. 15 yards away and you're shooting at time with a pistol and the buzzer goes off and a guy gets up there and he has 15 rounds in his pistol and it's just bang, 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 bang. There's only five plates to hit, but he's just shooting really fast. Right. And by the, t- he'd shot like 13 rounds and gets all the plates down in like seven and a half seconds. And he shot like 13 rounds. Just bang, 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 right. bang. And then the instructor step resets it with the rope, steps up there right next to him and just goes bang, 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 bang. And it's like 3.9 seconds. Huh. Knocks all the plates down. And what he, he turned around and said, you can't miss fast enough. Right. And that, that'll stick with me for the rest of my life. Huh. You can't miss fast enough. And I say that to say, right, it's a great shooting lesson, but this is wisdom that applies everywhere. It's like asking the wrong question. You cannot spend enough effort asking the wrong question and get to the answer that you seek. Mm. You have to ask the right questions. And so these are three questions that every person should ask, mm. every man should ask, that'll help actually get you to the answer. You can't miss fast enough, and you can't spend enough effort on the wrong questions. Do you have any other stories or teasers you want to insert here before we finally get to the question? <laughs> I feel like we've dragged this out. The anticipation is it's heavy. Kill, it's killing me. Uh, okay. So we're in a festive mood. We're recording this before Thanksgiving, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving, so I'm feeling good. Looking forward to football before Thanksgiving. Yes, I am too. Uh, speedball. Anyways. May the best man win. I'll win. Number one, who am I becoming? That is the question for every person to ask. And we, we as always, when we go through these, we didn't just kind of go like, oh, hey, I have a good idea. We This was like question 17 because we worked through lots of versions and the reason we decided on who am i becoming is because this is something that's so core to you in in the sense of identity and how much identity dictates not only just what you see but what you do but we didn't want to just say who am i because that's that's a point in time who am i becoming is where am i at and where am i going as far as the person you're becoming and that those are massive questions the um really where we wanted to focus on not just who am i but who am i becoming because identity is so important. And that's just who am I? But every day you're becoming somebody, mm-hmm. right? And so the choices that you make, like, you know, I've, I uh, was been in the Instagram wars lately. And sometimes like, you know, I don't battle with it. I just try to manage the amount of time that I do it. Because um, it's not even like I enjoy it because I'm not trying to like shut people down. But I'm, I'm honestly trying to help people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, call that foolish if you think it's foolish. And I won't, wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. But when I'm 
having conversation with people in Instagram, either in DMs or uh, in, a, in the comment section of a post, trying to help shift their thinking. And I was in a battle with, with many people, um, really, and the, the premise of the, the battle that we were having was about, well, just because you, just because you go out clubbing, just because you do, you know, whatever insert thing that you think is bad doesn't mean you're a bad person, right? For a, a woman, just because you like to go out clubbing doesn't mean you would be a bad wife, right? This was kind of the conversation yeah. that we're having. And without like attacking clubbing, what I was saying was, because I, I mean, I don't think if you're, if that's what you're into, right, you probably aren't good wife material in Garrett's opinion. And you can be upset about that and that's okay. But I would tell you, I can tell you why. But more importantly, the conversation that we were having is because we had really already addressed that, <laughs> that why we thought that. But the problem was these people were saying that, well, just because you do that doesn't make you bad. And, and that's a true statement. However, the choices that you make influence your character, mm -hmm. right? The choices yeah. you make today make you a different person tomorrow. Yeah. And being a different person tomorrow, you make different choices. Now you can begin to make better choices and go back in a different direction. And you and I, Nick, in both of our lives have made better choices in mm -hmm. seasons that let us into a better place yeah, big time. and made poor choices in other seasons that let us into a poor place. Right. And so the choices that you, you make reflect, they change your character. Mm -hmm. Your character impacts your choices and your choices impact your character. And so this is the important part of one of the important parts of this question is the, who am I becoming? Because every, you can be a great person, but are you becoming a great person today? Are you going forwards or are you going backwards? Right? So there's two parts to this question. It's who am I becoming? And which is really, it should be, what am I doing today? Like the, the deeper part of this, if you're focused on becoming the right person, what am I doing today to become my ideal self? Yes. Some of you who listen to this have been through our product called ideal self. We'll probably do some more runs of that next year. But that's the first part. What am I doing today to become my ideal self? The second part really is the identity base of the question. And something I learned getting to work with a bunch of tadpoles, you know, as, uh, as I was preparing for SEAL training, this is back in 2009 and 2010, I didn't have a SEAL mentor. I didn't know what I was doing. There was no workouts online. There's literally, you know, Lone Survivor, the book, and Bud's Class 234, the Discovery Channel documentary. And that was all there was, mm. right? There was no work at like now. It's like literally one of my friends, um, Josiah, um, he runs a great program. Every time tadpoles reach out to me, like, hey, how do I get fit? Like, I sent him to my friend Josiah, a seal that I worked with, like, oh, runs yeah. an incredible training program. Yeah. He's a great Christian dude. You know, it's like, go train with him. He'll, he'll get you ready. Like, I was looking at his results the other day. Took guys from, like, poor results to, you know, 100 sit-ups, 100 push-ups, 20 pull-ups, 8-minute swim, 8-minute run. Like, guys, these guys are killer. They're going to do great. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go, like, a guy like that can help you. But I didn't have anybody like that. And so when I was finishing my time in the SEAL teams, I went back and worked with a bunch of tadpoles because I was thinking like, you know what? I never got that, but I'm going to help these people who don't have it. Yeah. Right. And I wanted to help. And I, what was great was I learned so much more about myself and I learned so much more about people than like, I felt like I got more value than they did. And they felt like they got a lot of value from mm -hmm. me. And one of the questions that I learned in dealing with these people, and it was also interest. It was built upon my time. Uh, really reflecting and seal training, but also spending time with these tadpoles. And I learned there's a question that every man does ask himself. Yeah. This, is, this isn't the question that I'm saying that every man has to ask. There is a question, though, that every man asks. And that question is, am I who I think I am? Mm -hmm. We all believe something about ourselves. We all think something about ourselves. You think you're a good person. You think you're a tough person. 
you think you're a smart person, whatever it is, you all think something of yourself and you wonder, am I really that? And this is where people struggle with identity issues. Mm -hmm. Then it's, or it's, I don't know who I am and, and I don't know what I believe about myself. And you begin to question those things. We all have this identity and we need to know what it is. If you don't know who you are or your identity is wrongly based, you've put your identity in the wrong things, you're going to struggle. But when you know who you, who you are and when you know that you were created by God as a child of God and you build your identity upon that, you become very strong. When you really know who you are, you know what you're on this earth to do, mm -hmm. right? And that's some of, we, we're not going to get into my story. Go listen to the episode on my story where I talked about that. And I felt like some of my strength in making it through SEAL training was I know who I am yeah. and I know what I'm here to do. And when you have that, you become so much stronger, so much more powerful. And so this question, the question of who am I becoming, it's both the question of identity and it's a question of choice. Yeah, and I, th I think there's so many good things in there, G. I, you know, you touched on it with people asking that question. And the, the amazing thing is, is no matter what, like how you see yourself is determining what's coming out of your life. Really, like as it says in the Bible, as a man thinks his heart, so is he. And That's right. Pastor Keith has a great quote. Where he says, a man will never rise above the way he sees himself. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true because the question you asked, oh. Garrett, want to make sure we got a, a gong? late on the gong there. All right, dude. Maybe you should have the gong. Anyways. Um, I'd be more than happy to work the sound. I don't want you working the soundboard, dude. We wouldn't actually ever talk. It would just be a bunch of sound effects. Uh, but I need a mute button for when you talk. Okay. So Pastor Keith was saying, uh, as I was you know, wisely sharing with our listeners, <laughs> um, but he, you know, he said you'll never rise above the way you see yourself. And w when we're talking about all this, if you like that question you, at, you mentioned with Leonidas, when, he, when his wife says, what would a free man do? she's reframing his identity that's it, totally. and, and that's that's what's so key about it because you know people you'll hear people sometimes whenever they don't feel the confidence in themselves they'll ask a question like well what would batman do i'm just using batman or if there's somebody you look up to every day well yeah i know you do but i'm talking about like somebody who that they look up to what would you know what would elon musk do in this situation mm -hmm. what would jesus do those were those bracelets that everybody wore for a long time this wwjd and it, and it really is kind of a realignment question and so at some point in your life, you get to take hold of this narrative of who you are. Because we did a whole podcast on identity. You, sh you can go ahead and check that one out as well. We're just, this is just the reference old podcast uh, episode. But, but it's worth it's listening to. It's a lot of to. links. It's a lot of links. It's almost like what we, uh, what we talk about is what we're always going to talk about, right? Yeah, absolutely. As a Pastor Keith quote as well. <laughs> now, now I'm cruising at the gongs. But, uh, you know, and, and it's massive. But So here's the thing. People will, where people will struggle with this is because your beliefs about yourself, we've talked about this, beliefs are based on reference experiences. If I said, how do you know gravity is true? You would just say, well, watch this, or I've seen this. If I asked you anything, how can planes fly? Well, I've seen them, I've been on one. You have reference experiences. Where people fall down on this is they know who they want to be. They don't have a lot of evidence. And so at some point it's like, well, I don't know if this is true. And, and what you've talked about in resiliency is when you, you could have mountains of evidence against you, but you know you know who you are. But then the flip side of that is like, you could also be delusional. So this is one of the, this is, this is a question that many people struggle with. Yeah. Right. And this is like, this is one of the layers underneath who am I becoming? Cause you mm -hmm. can think like, man, I want to become, you know, it's like, think about people, you know, you hear their stories, guys like Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh man, I'm going to become the most yeah. famous, you know, comedic actor. And he's a guy living in his van. Yeah. And when people are like, you're an idiot right? Like you're, you are a crazy person and you like, people don't want to be that people want to be what Jim Carrey was trying to be, right? People want to be great, but they don't want to be delusional. Right. 
And, and, but to become who Jim Carrey became for any person to become great, it requires a measure of resilience where you'll face a time and you'll face a season in your life where nothing's working for you, where no one is helping you, where it really feels like you're going in the wrong direction. And this is the test. We talked about this on the last podcast, right? This is the test that God allows in our life. It's the test of faithfulness. Will you be faithful to what I said? Right. Will you be faithful to who I said you are? Right. This is the Abraham's test. And Abraham caught his own pain. Abraham was obedient, but Abraham also struggled in the test of faithfulness where he's like, you know what? I'm going to make it happen. Right. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, it's not working with my wife. I'm going to have a kid with my wife's servant. Yeah. God, God said, on. I'm going to be the father of many nations. Like, let's just, let's just get this going. Yeah. Right. And so that's, he struggled in that test. Right. But our test is always a test of faithfulness. And so we want to know, like, am I resilient? Or am I delusional, right? Because sometimes resilience can seem very close to delusional. Resilient is when you have a, a strong ability built upon your beliefs. And what are beliefs? Beliefs are the things that we know are true but can't prove, right? There's, there's some things that I know that you could never take away from me. There's nothing that could happen in my life that would make me not believe it. Mm-hmm. And you would say that would make me, you could say, that that might make me delusional until I show you evidence right. of what this resilience has done for my life. And so the question is that, that many people struggle with, and this is a part of the who am I becoming, because many people want to become great, but they don't want to be delusional. Because right. they see those people and they're like, man, what that, that, I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. right? So my, what I don't want for people is that in their fear of being delusional, they would be afraid of becoming great. Yeah. And your fear of becoming delusional, you never set down the path of greatness because you're like, well, man, yeah, that would be, yeah, I, I don't really know if I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the difference between resilience and delusion? The core difference between resilience and delusion is that delusion is based on pride. Delusion is a form of deception like we just talked right. about on the last podcast. If you haven't listened to that yet, Go back and listen to it after this episode. This part will make sense, right? But deception is built upon pride and you will become deceived and see yourself wrongly when you have pride. Mm. When you don't have pride, that's when you can, you, like you can be humble and resilient at the same time, right? But you can't be humble and delusional at the same time. Humility, like God says, uh, the Bible says that God uh, resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that's what I want. Like, I want to yeah. be resilient and I want to work as hard as I can. But I know, you know, I have the, I have the humility to know I'm going to screw some stuff up. I have the humility to know I might make mistakes. And I pray for God's grace and those mistakes and that he would see my heart is for him. Right. And that's what can allow you. I feel like there was so much grace in me making it through SEAL training. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of great things that I have. There's some ways that I was really good at stuff. I can also look back at my experience like, man, I got pretty lucky there and it wasn't luck. It was God's grace mm-hmm. on my life. Right. And so God gives grace to the humble, but resist the proud. The difference between resilience and delusion is that delusion is based on pride. That's good. G. That's good. So who are you, who you're becoming, make sure that it's based on humility, not based on pride, that who you're becoming is you want to become something for God and you want to become something to serve other people. Not that you want to be something for yourself. Yeah. That's so good, man. All right, well, that was question number one. So I uh, <laughs> hope you got all that. All right. Yeah. Uh, question number two is a question that we've mentioned before, um, and you're, it's going to sound familiar to you, but it's it's one of those ones just because you've heard it well, once. These are the questions that you should always be asking yeah. because the context changes, right? Exactly. Who, am, who am I becoming? That's a question for today, and it's a question for tomorrow. Right. And question number two. What is in my hand? This is a question for today, and this is a question for tomorrow. Because be- what's in your cha- hand is going to change all the time. Exactly. 
we were talking about this in the warm up, and we were talking about the difference between being the age that we are now as opposed to like when you're 20. Uh, I realized recently that I've known my wife for 20 years, which was kind of amazing because I didn't realize and that. And Lindsay and I just celebrated 100 months. Right. So we, we were, Garrett and I were both talking about the difference in even just in our own relationships. When I, you know, I said to Rian last night, we were talking, I'm like, man, think about where we were when we met each other as like, you know, 21 year olds in Bible college. And we're just kind of like, you know, what we cared about, the resources we had, the experience, the connections. I mean, what's in our hand now is massively different. And it gets me excited. We've because, changed. Yeah, We've course. changed since we started this podcast. You know, my dad doesn't, my dad. <laughs> really? Man, are you going <laughs> to? Well, I'm actually going to go a different direction okay, with this. Good, yeah. my, my dad doesn't uh, give say it to me the way that he says it to you. I, I love my dad. Everyone loves my dad. Yeah, if, you don't love, if you don't love my dad, you're, you're missing out. Truthfully. Um, but my dad always gives Nick such a hard time. He's like, oh, man, you've changed so much. Like, But the the point I was getting at is, you know, my dad doesn't do that to me, but I do hear that from my wife sometimes. Right. She doesn't say it the way that my dad does, but sometimes she just reminds me. She's like, you know, I, I remember when I met you, you know, in 2015 and who you are today, and it's just, it's really wild. Huh. And that's what you want to hear, right? I'm yeah. guessing that's a positive statement. It is a that positive, she's yeah, for sure. Because you actually, it's funny, not to take a complete left turn, but like you talking about how we've changed on the podcast. If you listen to early podcasts of us, first of all, we know the quality was different and this is all part of our growing process. But thanks yeah. For, thanks for staying with us. For sure. And props to those of you who are the type of people who are like, I respect the type of people that you're, you're this person. You're like, you know what? I listened to half this episode. It's great, but I'm going to stop there. I'm going to go, go to, I'm going to go to episode one. My yeah. friend said this podcast is good. It better be going to episode one. You know, because yeah, at this point, that's a commitment. We're like 112, 113 <laughs> it is episodes. A, it in. is a commitment. I've I've messaged some people who've told me they're like, man, I'm trying to catch up. I'm yeah, at, I'm in like in the 60s. I'm in yeah. the 70s. I've had that as well. But uh, you know, if you go back to episode one, you'll see the growth. And you will. But the funny part that I was going to say, because I don't often get to put this to you, you were so intense. Like when we first started out, like you definitely. Uh, it's nice to see that you've shown that you are a real human person. Uh, you know, and you have, you laugh at jokes and feel emotions. Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Because when you go back to the first one, you were like so so intense uh like i would crack jokes and i feel like it was really just for me uh, you sort of tolerated it whereas now i feel like you know you're okay with having a little bit of fun which uh, which i'm i'm grateful for so yeah we, we've God's definitely maturing us you know the worst part about the whole you've changed thing so garrett often says that to me to remind me that i was a weenie and uh nick sent, nick sent me the video well th- this nick is where i was going gee you're reading my mind like i sent them the video i'm like hey this is the video from last year's firestar ice bath event that we're going to use to promote <laughs> it which if you're not coming you should really nick, join nick us. was sending me like the web yeah. you're sending me the web landing page like hey what do you think yeah check this out like Tell check the page think. is it good <laughs> this is over text and he texted me back he's like bro look at you i'm like that's your takeaway i'm asking for you to look at this and make sure we're giving people the information they need that we're making it easy for people to use and he's like yes that's my takeaway well even worse uh, you know, the people you love that are close to you, like Garrett is one, but I expect that from him. But then my wife watches the video and goes, wow, look at you. And I was just like, dang it. Like, thank you. But also like, you know, I just, it, hey, you know what? That's not a credit to us. That's a credit to God's transformative it, power. It is. And it's also it just keeps me humble. So thanks for constantly, uh, you know, keep me humble. Anyways. So what is in your hand is the Exodus 4-2 <laughs> question, right? It's what God asked Moses. And it, it's a powerful thing to, to think about because, um, when you when God asks you a question of what's in your hand, like he's drawing your attention there for a reason. Yeah. And one of the things that we always pray, one of the things that, well, I know I pray for everything that I do is that God will put his super on our natural. And I think about if you look at what's in your hand and if it's up to you, like if you're if you're just like what like the example you gave of Abraham, if it's just up to you, you might go out and, and make an Ishmael. 
right? Because you're just doing what you can do. But mm-hmm. when it's in God's hands, you can make a great nation uh, of God's chosen people. It, the staff in, Mo- in Moses' hand was just a staff that helped him walk around. In God's hand, it became a snake that was a sign that the living God was there to rescue his people. And there's a massive difference between when God puts his super on your natural, when he asks you what's in your hand, and you're looking and you're saying, okay, this is, this is in my hand, God, but it's not mine, it's yours. That's a different thought process. And that's the thought process of stewardship, which is really one of the underlying things of this, of this question. There's a thread in all of these questions. And, yes. I, and I won't say the third question yet because we're not there, but there's a thread in all of these questions. And the thread... And all of these questions is choice. The thing that will, will, will make or break your life, yeah. the story of your life is the story of the choices that you make. And all of these questions should and will help you make better choices. They'll cause you to think differently to cause you to ask better questions. And this question of what's in my hand, I love this question. It's one of the, there's about 10 questions in the Old Testament. And maybe we'll do that on an episode one day. I've written about it. I've never spoken on it, like done a mm-hmm. message on it. I've thought maybe it's a Bible study. I don't know. Maybe we'll do it on yeah. the podcast at some point. But there's about 10 questions in the Old Testament that God asks. Um, like in, in the beginning, you know, there's, there's the questions that God asks Adam and Eve in the garden. Right. But this question in Exodus 4.2, God says to Moses, what's in your hand? And if God's asking a question, it's not for him. Right. It's for you. He's saying, hey, dummy. Right. Let's think about this again. Right. Because God is told and at this in this context in Exodus 4, 2 and Exodus 3, God's appeared to Moses. He's speaking to Moses, telling him a little bit different than Abraham. Right. God appears to Abraham and is like, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is where you're going to go. And it's like, cool, let's do it. You know, Abraham just takes off. But Moses, he starts complaining. Moses start making, starts making excuses like, hey, I don't think I'm the guy. You know, what if they don't, they're, what if they don't want to listen to me? Uh, God, I don't know if you know this. I killed a guy. Right. Like you should probably pick somebody else. Yeah. And God just asks a question. He says, Moses, what's in your hand? And what was in Moses's hand is a shepherd's staff. And God is using this as a reminder to Moses. He's saying, I don't need you to tell me what you don't have or what you do have, right? It's like you're trying to help your child learn how to throw a baseball. And you're saying, like, I can't do it. It's like, yes, you can. Just, li- just listen to me. Yeah, I know you can. I've, I've, wa- I've done this. I can walk you through it. God's saying, son, I made you. Yeah. I can see the future. I can see the past. I know what I have for you. Just li- will you listen to me? Just listen to me. And sometimes you have to hear a question like this, like, Hey, look at your hands. Like what's in your hand. And God is saying to Moses, I don't need you to complain. I don't need you to tell me what you don't have. I need you to be faithful with what I've given you. I need you to use this shepherd's staff. This shepherd's staff is a tool used to protect animals. Mm -hmm. Moses, I'm going to use you to shepherd my people. And by the way, let me show you what I can do with the staff, right? You can't do this, but I can do this. He says, Moses, throw the staff on the ground. The staff becomes a snake. Moses picked the snake up. It turns back into a staff. God's saying, look, Moses, I can do whatever I, I want to do with what you have. I need you to be faithful with what I've given you. So this question of what's in my hand, we can where we get stuck in life, where we make the wrong choices, where we don't become great, is we start thinking about the things that we don't have. Yes. What's not? I don't have enough money. I don't know the right people. I don't have enough opportunity. I'm this. I'm whatever entitlement, victimhood, whatever it is, you go down this road of, I just don't have it. Right. And that doesn't get you anywhere. Right. You have to get in motion. You have to take action and start making choices based upon what God has given you. Mm, That's so good. G. I hope everybody got that. I mean, the question of what's in your hand, you know, it's going to cause you to do like you just said, it's going to switch your focus from what you don't have to start taking inventory of what you do have. Cause chances are you're not maxing out every single thing that you have. 
right? I think most people would be like, well, yeah, that's probably a fair assumption. I'm probably not. There's probably a little bit extra juice in things. God is the master and we are stewards. And the Bible, more in the New Testament, teaches us about how this works. Mm -hmm. Those who are faithful over little become rulers over much. But also in the parable of the talents, we see the man, the man who's not faithful over little, over just one. Think of whatever unit of measure you have for something of value, you only have one of it. And God says, take it from that guy and give it to mm-hmm. the guy who is faithful. So if you, even if you look, you're looking at your life and say, man, I don't have very much. If you're not faithful with whatever you think isn't very much, you'll have even less. Yeah, it's good. So question number one, just to review, was who am I becoming? And that really gets the, the identity underneath of it. Question number two is what is in my hand, which really brings a focus of stewardship. What am, what am I doing today to be faithful? What can I do with what I have? Yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to become this, but I don't have those opportunities yet. What can I do today that leads there? Yeah. Right. Use good. what you have. And the third question, third question we kind of referenced it earlier with the Martin Luther King Jr. is who am I serving? Yeah. And this is an interesting one as well, because instantly it's going to take the focus off of yourself and ask you a question. Okay. Look outward. Who are you serving? Now there's, there's a bunch of things that can come in here, G, because I mean, uh, Jesus himself said the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Workers are it, few. There's need everywhere, right? So at the very least, you, this could get you if you're uh, more basic and stuck on yourself and, and have issues with being self-centered, it'll at least get you off yourself. Great. Mm-hmm. That's step one. I would like to think for people that are more mature, the listeners of this podcast that are really pushing to, to be as great as God made them to be, it's going to, it's going to be a lot bigger focus than that. It's not just going to be about if like, you listen to this podcast for any measure of time. I, I want to believe that you're bought into the thought process that my life is not about me. Yes, exactly. So from here now, it's not just about like, who are you serving? Like, Oh, I, I just need to do more. It's, it's going to go to the underlying thought process is not what could you do, but what should you do? Yeah. Right? Like what, what has God even more, put even you? more than that? What must I do? Right. Right. And to me, that's about, and they're just words, but what is the meaning of those words? And what must I do is about like, because when the commander, before we ever left on a mission, you know, we started this way and and you guys will hear me talk more about this and some of the other things that Nick and I are doing. But every time we received a mission, it started with the commander's intent, Mm. go and accomplish this, right? Go and uh, bring this person back, go and eliminate this person, go and observe this person, right? There was a clear commander's intent. And then there's mission planning. You spend all this time preparing and you'll, then you'll rehearse the mission. Then you'll do like a full run through and then you'll review the mission plan, like in a classroom with the generals, do all this stuff. Right. But the last, the very last slide, the last thing you end on, the last thing you look at before you get on the helicopter again, is you remember what the commander's intent is. What are we here to do? And if you can understand, if you can get this context for your life, like what was I put here to do, then that's when like you get so distracted in life when it's like, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. But when you can get this mission focus of having the commander's intent in your life, it'll develop you to stay on track and go so much further in life than you would have ever gone if you get caught off guard or, or I mean, if you get off track just doing, well, I could do this and I could do this. And we call those things mission killers. All these little things like, well, I could do that. Well, I should do that. Mm -hmm. Whenever our commander spoke to us, it wasn't like, well, you guys should really go out there and do that. No, it's you must accomplish this task, right? And so that's what this is about. Who am I serving is an answer of what must I do? And this is like, this is meant to feel the same way that she says to Leonidas, what would a free man do? When you're looking at your life and you're saying, well, what, what do I do? Not, not what am I supposed to do? It's what must I do? What was I put here for? 
Right. Right. This question should set you free to say, this is who I'm called to be. This is who I can be and not get to have to supposed to should do. I must do these things. Mm. And must is like, we need this from you. Right. Right. Like must, when they said that to the SEAL teams, you must do this. Right. There's also, I, I could go nerd and go down the Star Wars line, uh, but I, I won't, <laughs> won't start quoting Star Wars right now. But there's an, an, an inherent need upon the people that are being, uh, whether where you're saying you must do this, like we need this. We'll die without you. We'll starve without you. Mm-hmm. People will be hurt. Lives will be lost if you don't do this. It's so, we need you to do it. You must accomplish this task. So who am I serving for all of us is we're trying to figure out in, my, in our life where has God assigned, like where has God given us an assignment of like I, Nick and I both feel a deep assignment to the audience of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Nick and I both feel a deep assignment to leading men into biblical masculinity. Nick yep. and I both feel a deep assignment into leading men into greatness, into kingdom thinking. This is what we want to spend the rest of our lives doing is helping people think this way, live this way. We know we must do these things for work, for God putting us together, for where God has put us on the earth. And so for us to answer the question of who am I serving, it's two things. It's understanding like what is the assignment for me, which is built, it's, it gets built on what's in your hand, right? I've been answering the what's in my hand question for years and what's in my hand changes at times, but it also shows me my assignment. God gave Moses a shepherd's staff because his assignment was to be a shepherd, Mm. right? And so the assignment is some of like, this is what God's given me. This is some of, this is what God's given me. God also puts a dream in your heart. This is a vision. And I love this about Joseph's life, right? I talk about Joseph all the time. He's probably one of my favorite characters in the Bible because I love his story so much. And many people, you know, but God speaks to Moses. God speaks to Abraham. God never spoke to Joseph. It's not recorded that way. And he had a dream that I believe is God authored, but the scripture does not say like the scripture says for many people that God sent them a dream or God gave them a dream or God spoke to them in a dream. It just says Joseph had a dream and you can think like, well, that's so selfish, right? Like you, you, your, your life's not about you. It's not right. But God works through people and God put a dream in Joseph's heart. God wouldn't have put that dream in Joseph's heart. God wouldn't have anointed and assigned Joseph to save his people from death and starvation if Joseph didn't have a heart for God, Yeah. right? And so God puts this dream in Joseph's heart where Joseph and his dream could seem so selfish, could seem so arrogant that he had dreamed that his brothers would bow down to him. Go tell your 12 older brothers that they're, you know, your dream is that they would bow down to you yeah. and see what they do. They'll probably do the same thing if you have 12 older brothers and you're the favorite son, probably do the same thing to you that they did to Joseph. Beat the snot out of him and leave him for dead, right? They left him in a pit, in a well to be sold into slavery, to become a slave in a, another person's house. And I don't want to go, I, want, I don't want to do all of the recap of Joseph's story, but the point is that he had a dream and that dream one day connected with God's assignment for him. And so God has a plan for yes. our lives. There's things that people, who am I serving? There's people that I'm called to serve. I yeah. talked about how you and I have people that we're called to serve, right? And I serve as many people as I can. Sometimes when I'm messaging these people back on Instagram, they're not the people that I'm called to serve, but I'm just trying to throw some nuggets out there. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to share some wisdom with some people. And maybe it's not even for that person. It's somebody else who's going to read it on Instagram, but I don't spend a lot of time there. I spend my time here. I spend my time developing myself for this place where God has brought me. And, and the mighty men is such a huge part of that yeah. where God has brought me to this place to these are the people that I'm called to serve. And if you'll remember who am I serving, right? This isn't just like a, a macro question for your life. 
It's also a micro question. Okay. When you're in a difficult conversation with your wife or you're about to make a choice that has consequences, which is all of them, by the way, it's like, okay, am I going to just like sit around and not do anything? Or am I going to go take care of some stuff? Am I going to help around the house? Am I going to do the work that I'm supposed to do? Or am I going to slack off whatever it is? When you, when you think about making those choices, ask the question in each path, who am I serving? If I go down this path of sitting around, who am I serving? If I go down this path of helping others, of doing the work, who am I serving? Right? In any instance in your life, you can ask this question and say, who am I serving? And if you spend a lot of time serving yourself, you will not build a very good life. Mm. That's so good, G. An example of this for in our own life, and we mentioned this on another podcast, is we both know that there's people out there who are less fortunate, homeless people that need help. But to the point you just made, we, we also both know the vision and mission for our life is not to go out and serve homeless people. So what we do is we partner with a great charity, uh, Bring the Light Ministries, yeah. and we both donate to them every month to help uh, to help them Lo- love reach Earl, people. Love what yeah. Earl does. That's not my assignment. Exactly. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. I don't. People get, I know you don't, but people get wrecked on this because somebody will put something up like, well, what are you doing about this? And I think we talked about this on, mm-hmm. on CARE, on the CARE podcast. We talked, I talked about it, and it's very prevalent in politics. Yeah. Right? People are really good at telling you what you should do. Exactly. Right? They'll point out the problems that you should be solving. Yeah, and they play on your moral, your moral uh, heartstrings, and you're like, you know what? I do feel bad about that. But if you oh, don't know oh, who you're serving, and you, you don't, you don't, have your vision, you don't you're not going to give me money for homeless people. Oh, you just want homeless people to all starve yeah, to death. You're exactly. a horrible person. Yeah, you, you don't care about anybody but yourself. Like yeah. they just, and it's like the I told the story of the the Green Peace Lady. Yes, in Coronado, <laughs> who I'm walking down the street in a place where there's so many people have given their life for our country, and the Green Peace Lady. She seen me multiple days in a row and I declined to give her money for the penguins in Arctica or whatever it was. And uh, she said, well, you never do anything. And I stopped her and I said, you know, you could have said that to the wrong person. And I'm not saying I'm the wrong person, but you could have said, you could just have as easily said that to a woman who lives in this town who her son died for this country. So you're standing on a sidewalk where, you know, there's a half a dozen gold star families that live in this tiny little island, yeah. right? You need to be careful who you say that to. You may not realize where you are. Yeah, I love that story. Also, because I know Coronado well, and what you're saying is true. <laughs> it, is, it is a small military little island yeah. in San Diego. Uh, but yeah, so just to reiterate, guys, the three questions is, who am I becoming? What is in my hand? And who am I serving? I hope you've enjoyed this, G. Is there anything that I should be asking you that I haven't already asked you? I'll tell you after the podcast. Well, that wasn't the way this was supposed to end. Anyways, guys, we <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed that. Put those questions down, honestly, in a place where you will revisit them on a regular basis. Um, they really are centering questions. They touch on some these, big, these big, are questions that influence your choices. Big time. All right, we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. 
Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plungers should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plungers shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.